0: I'm your host, Kevin Thompson, and sitting next to me uh, is a guy that you should get to know, or you should already know by now, the director of the Janesville Community Center, distinguished professor at Rock County Christian School, um, (laughs) Uh, the author of the Ray's Rambling Blog, pastor, professor extraordinaire, Mr. Ray Jewell. Ray, welcome back.
1: Thanks, Kevin. (laughs) <laughs> you, you know, you, you're doing better, at, you're coming up with different things to say about <laughs> me instead of the one and only, because I know at least two or three other Ray Jewels in the world. But
0: <laughs> That's a scary thought. Yeah, well, know. you
1: know, just the name, just the okay.
0: name. Okay. <laughs> I, I don't know if the world can take the one Ray Jewel right now. Sometimes. No,
1: probably not.
0: So, anyway, all right, we're continuing our series on the Ten Commandments. but Actually, we're not continuing, we're ending it. Yep, today it. We're wrapping it, it up. Yep. We are At episode 11, which is the Tenth Commandment. It's been a wild ride here these past 11 weeks, but we're going to wrap it up with the final commandment of the Ten Commandments. That's found in Exodus chapter 20, again. And then I want to read here um, these two verses. We're talking about the issue of covenant. And this is where I think, actually, um, the Lutheran... uh, or, or, or even Catholic way of looking at things is a little better than uh, this typical Protestant way because how they couple things up together um, probably isn't the greatest, but uh, I'm a Protestant and I'm going to stick with it, so I wouldn't want to uh, go away from that. But Anyway, and my, the pages of my Bible are sticking together.
1: Well, I, you know, you were right there. <laughs>
0: I was, but then, I don't know. Okay, so uh, Exodus chapter 20 and uh, verse 17. You shall not covet your neighbor's house, nor covet your neighbor's wife, or his male servant, or his female servant, or his ox, or his donkey, or anything that is your neighbor's. So in the last uh, the last episode, right, we talked about um, not bearing false witness against your neighbor Mm -hmm. and now we're talking still about your neighbor but not coveting what your neighbor has whether it's a house or wife or servants or property Um, so we're talking about coveting so what is what is coveting?
1: Well desiring something that you don't have that your neighbor has or doesn't Mm -hmm. even have to be your neighbor it's I think you describe it well in the notes uh, keeping up with the Joneses yeah um you know, and I mean, I think this is this is probably an easy trap to fall into in our media, um, yeah. Madison Avenue-driven some culture here in the in the states, and in you know first world countries around uh, the globe. Um, and yet, you know, I think at the core of it. People are wanting to be happy. Yeah, and they see stuff as the way to get there. Right. And you know, this whole instant gratification issue is a part of that. I want it, and I want it now. You know, it's interesting. I'll go go into major debt to get it now.
0: (laughs) As as a as a dad now, I watch a lot of kids shows. And so we're Be watching. Be honest, you
1: were watching those before you began. No, I I,
0: I, I hate children's <laughs> television. I really do. Yeah, okay. you know, I'm one of those guys that I'm, I'm I'm complaining about the plot lines. Yeah. Um, like this is so fun. Anyway, um, so we're watching whether it's Paw Patrol or whatever my kids are, are, are into. Um, commercials come on, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden my kids are like, "I need that." I've all Tommy used to say. I always wanted that. You didn't know that existed 3 seconds ago. Yeah. But now you see it mm-hmm. and there's a need that's like I want this. I have to have this.
1: Oh, and that's the the uh, the complete nature of commercials yeah. is to develop need where there isn't one. Yeah. And you know, it's it's interesting how over the years the Super Bowl has in some oh, respect, yeah. become more about the commercials yeah. than the actual game. Except this year. Yeah. Because the Patriots are in it. Oh, place. the Patriots are in and it. And I'm assuming... But you it, know what? I, I mean, that's just boring for me, that Patriots well, are in it again. It's not yes, like they're well, just in it. They are in it again. And they're going
0: <laughs> to win again. Now, again, this is going to be aired. Uh, we're airing this. This is actually the day before Super Bowl. Yes. Um, and so I'm predicting a Patriots win here. I know you uh, are. This is going to be Tom Brady's ninth appearance in the Super Bowl, and this is...
1: We're going to win. If they win, it's his sixth win, isn't it? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. That's so. Anyway, cool. it is uh, amazing.
0: But yeah, getting back to the commercials because that is yeah. a, is a, it's, it's, we're talking about millions upon millions of dollars spent on thirty-second ads.
1: Yeah, and and the thing is, often they're just stupid ads, but they do that on purpose because that way you remember the yeah. product. Yeah. Um, you know, right now the the stupidest ones are the Geico commercials. I like the guy. Well, forces. the one I liked was the uh, the aerobic exercise and the oh and yeah the lazy yeah. boy. But they're not showing that one anymore. But the other ones that they replaced. Well, I do. I have to admit, I get into the the pig squealing all the way. Yeah, yeah. That one's sort of funny. But but they're just trying to get you to be dissatisfied with what you have right. in order right. to go out and spend money. Even though, you know, even though they'll like say, they're going
0: sp- to save you 15%. Well, yeah, <laughs> and, yeah,
1: and, but what if you, it doesn't save you 15% or, or, you know, this whole concept of the whole sale thing, well, you can get, you can get, you can save yourself 30 bucks if you buy this now. Yeah. I can save myself the whole cost That's of right, the item right. if I don't buy it at all and I don't need it, It's you know? not a bargain if you don't need it, yeah. There's there's a there's something of a movement of um, what's it called a minimalist yeah. type thing where Marie
0: Kondo or whatever yeah we, we
1: want you know if we can live on less stuff yeah we'll be happier and I think that there's some there's some truth to that um, except when it comes to books
0: <laughs> uh, I, you know Marie Kondo saying you, sh- you shouldn't own more than thirty books and I say that's heresy.
1: Well, it may be not heresy, but it's certainly difficult to live by.
0: <laughs> Absolute heresy. i I'm. We're in my classroom right now. Her- I'm looking at my library already. You know, I see
1: a lot more than thirty books. I do too. But you think you got? <laughs> I <I've laughs> got. I got a whole lot more than i married in, into a situation where we ended up with twice as many as we had when before I was married. But that's what makes a happy marriage. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, but you know, with the advent of um, you know, books online and what's you, know, you can you get e-books and stuff yeah. you, you can get those a whole lot cheaper and you're not having to find a space alright you said books online
0: Okay, I thought you said books on wine. Like, okay, whatever. I mean, that's not my thing, but okay. I didn't know you were into that.
1: Well, All right, well, let's right. get
0: back to you. We're talking, we're talking about commercials, Yeah. and people, and these companies are spending millions upon millions of dollars just to air the commercial, not to mention the millions of dollars they put into actually producing the commercial. Right. And they're doing this because it's effective, because they're throwing something inside you say, saying, now you need to be unhappy with what you have mm-hmm. because I have something better.
1: And the biggest, biggest audience every year is Super Bowl. Yeah. And so that's why it's become a sport in and of itself. Right. Is, you know, which ones are the best commercials? And you can actually vote on that. Yeah. And, and just uh, have your input. And, and the whole idea is to make you dissatisfied with what you have. Right. And
0: so and that's really what coveting is. Covening mm-hmm. is a discontent with what you have. Uh, J.I. Packard, his book... Wrote that it's seeking dishonest and dishonorable gain. Mm. But uh, I, I like Kevin DeYoung's definition. He said uh, basically twofold. One, when we want for ourselves what belongs to someone else, mm-hmm. and two, when our desire leads us to discontentment. Mm-hmm. Talk about that first one. We talked about the, the idea of discontentment, mm-hmm. but also um, this idea of it's not just that I want that, but I want that that someone else has. All right. Um, that person has that and why don't I have it? I'm just as good as he ever. if not better than that guy is
1: yeah. Well, the classic example in the Bible about that is David. Yeah, and Bathsheba. I mean David had wives, yeah But you know, I mean of course David was doing something that he shouldn't have done Or actually he did not do something he was supposed to do. Right. be with his troops but then he sees this woman who belongs to one of his main guys, yeah. and he covets her, and and then <laughs> goes into the lying yeah. aspect to cover up the, the sin, and and it just opened up a whole tremendous can of worms for right. him that that uh, lasted at least a year throughout the pregnancy, you know, the pregnancy yeah. and the and the stillbirth of the child. And then finally, Nathan comes and basically says, "Hey, you're the guy. You you blew it."
0: No, we got to say the King James version of that: um, is, "Thou art the man."
1: Thou art the man. Uh,
0: That's it, it's an interesting passage right there because yeah. uh, Nathan gives David not just a um, a rebuke, a rebuke, yeah. but he says, "All right, I'm, I'm going to tell you this story." Yeah. And it's a story about a really rich guy who has uh, this is all in, in, in Second uh, Samuel. Eleven and twelve.
1: And Kevin Thomas uh, Thompson's uh, p- uh, paraphrase to the KJT. Okay. <laughs> anyway, hey, that, sounds, um, that sounds good. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so um, Samuel, uh, excuse me, Samuel uh, Nathan, the prophet, comes to David. All right, there's a rich guy who has lots of land, lots of sheep, mm-hmm. and he looks at his neighbor who only has one. He wants that one.
1: And that, that one man. is like it's part of the family, right? You know, it's not just.
0: So he that. takes it for his own. Leaving the other with nothing. Yeah. And so David is listening to this story. Of course, Nathan does it a lot better than I'm saying it right, right. now. Right. Um, but of course. Well, Nathan's speaking the inspired word of God. Right. 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 I'm just paraphrasing. And so David, is, his wrath is kindled. He's he's mm-hmm. he's upset. He's angry. I want to get this guy. Let's kill this guy. And mm-hmm. that's when Nathan points his finger at him and says, art the man. You're you you're the guy. Mm-hmm. You don't realize what you're doing. It, it's not just that. You know, when you, you looked at Bathsheba, it's
1: not just." It's not just lust, but you are taking from someone else. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting because that story tells us several things. I think, first of all, it tells us how to confront someone in sin. Yeah. You know, to do it gently, you know, in a way that it's being gracious and not not cutting the person down a notch or two. I think Nathan does that partly because this is how God has told him to do it, but partly because. Nathan knows he's a sinner as well right. and doesn't need to be messing with somebody else. But then, the other thing it it shows the persistent. I think we've talked about this. The persistent love of God uh, towards His people, uh, in this case, especially towards David, to pursue him in such a way. And so, okay, I've had it with this guy. He's yeah. blown it so many times. You're done. You're, you're, I'm done with you and whatnot. But. But God comes to him in a way that convinces him again, again of his sin. And Is't that, isn't that great to know? Yeah, you know, that, that's the way that God is with us. Yeah. I, mean, I know I'm going off topic a little bit, but you know we do covet things. I, I'm not, I've never have been into cars like yeah. a lot of guys are. Uh, I mean, some guys can, they can tell you by the sound of the car what kind of yeah, car yeah. it is. But you know what? I've got a, a good friend who's who's well off, and he's got a Tesla, a, a battery operated vehicle, and and I mean, talk about a nice ride I mean, I will call him because I know he'll come and yeah. you know, ride somewhere. I so I, I'm close to coveting in that. <laughs> I I know I'll never be able to afford right. one, but. Uh, uh, Maybe I need to talk to him about putting me in his will. Yeah, there
0: you go. <laughs> but but the thing is, I well, uh, remember the other commandment, not to murder.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, you know that that is at the heart of what we're talking about. Yeah. Desiring something that we don't have, and in a sense that God hasn't given us. Right. If if I were to have a Tesla, that would mean I'd have a ton of money. Yeah. And who knows what kind of right. ridiculous things I'd do with that? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Um, yeah. I would hope, you know, we always want to make ourselves look good. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I'd give, I'd give, I'd give half of that money to, you know, to the Lord's work or to the poor or whatever. And we yeah, are right. You know, I right. don't know that until we get to that crossing. Yeah. So in a, in a sense, God can save us from ourselves when it comes to the lot that we have in yeah. life. It's
0: amazing. You know, you know if I had a million dollars, I'd give half to charity or whatever. Really? What are you doing with the money you have now? How much you give to charity now? Yeah. What makes you yeah. think that you, just because if you had more money, you you do something different? Right. Uh, but yeah, I, I, you know, again, I'm not a car guy either. But there are certain things that I, I look at, and sometimes it causes it causes it cause, not just coveting, but in, in relation to that jealousy. Hmm. Why does that guy have? And it's easy for us, you and I, we're not rich people. Um, I don't know. Are we? Are we even middle class? I'm not even sure uh, sometimes. Is
1: there even one of those? Uh, yeah, I know. I but, grew up in a middle class, I think, with but, my dad working at orders for we're both something. we're both in Christian ministry. Yeah.
0: And you know, no one's getting rich, unless you're a televangelist, you know, yeah. no one's getting rich off Christian ministry, especially
1: Christian <laughs> Or a mega schools. mega church yeah. pastor um, or
0: something. And it's easy to look at and say, Lord, I'm doing all this stuff for you. Mm-hmm. And why is this jerk of a kid I've got over here who's a loudmouth, rebellious and all that, why why is their family well off? And I'm and I'm sitting here and it, it's it's easy to, and I, I used to think, and this is, this is, you know, my sin, uh, you know, for years, my wife had, and I had struggled with, uh, infertility, and mm-hmm. we'd all, you know, you, you, you'd run across this teenager who who gets pregnant out of wedlock, and you think, what the heck, mm-hmm. uh, we're, we're here, Lord, we're, we're, we're serving you in ministry, we're faithful in church, and, you know, we're, we're, we're in our scriptures, and, We've been trying for, you know, you, you haven't given us a child, but this rebellious teenager who, who breaks your law, you give
1: that child a child. Yeah. But what about us? Well, and then and all that, those who, you know, who have abortions and right. that, that whole thing. I and mean, my wife says that often where, you know, and out of frustration, I think. I mean, it is frustrating at times to understand God's way yeah. of doing things. Now, in your case, he turned right around and said, okay, Kevin, here you go. You got four well, of them <laughs> in well, four years. The amazing
0: thing about that is as we were praying for a child, we didn't even know that child was already born.
1: Yeah. You know, yeah.
0: our first child was born just a few months after our wedding. Okay. I like to tell people that without giving the full context. Yeah. Um But um, God has already answered that prayer uh, yeah. before we even prayed it. Yeah. But um, So we talk about coveting. Sometimes we think of it just as like a, evil, selfish thing, but sometimes, as I said, uh, what we were doing was covening, yeah. um, it, but it, we weren't like looking for millions of dollars or a nice car or whatever, but it's still what you said. said. It's it's a failure to rely upon God's sovereignty, mm-hmm. that God knows where I'm at. He put me where I'm at. Mm-hmm. And he knows what's best for us. And he knows what's best, yeah. And so, you know, you look at Paul who said, you know, it, no matter what state mm-hmm. I'm in, I've learned to be content, whether I have a lot or a little, um, and that's a supernatural thing because it doesn't come naturally.
1: Right. Yeah. the The, the concept of contentment is the uh, polar opposite of covetousness. Right. And that's uh, you know, and that and Kevin and I don't have it figured out yet. No. Completely. I mean, we know that that's the case. It's but it's a, it's a daily, a daily, sometimes uh, hourly, moment by moment thing, not to covet. Oh yeah. And sure. to be content, um, you know, I I think that uh, the last two weeks at the school has been sort of hard for both of us because cabin fever <laughs> was yeah. striking. Yeah, we're
0: we're uh, we're recording this in, right at the end of the big polar vortex. Yes. Um, the you know sixty below wind chill uh, temperatures.
1: Yeah, I thought it was pretty cool. You went you threw out the. Uh,
0: yeah, I did the that, boiling water oh, thing through yeah. that out there. It and somebody's
1: store. response was, well, you're not outside. And I said, it's 60 yeah, below! Going outside. <laughs> threw out that door. Thought, but, you know, th- just, and, um, you know, we don't live in a fancy house. I mean, I think there are some people think that our house is fancy. Well, when we moved back to Janesville, we could only afford living in the Fourth Ward. Hmm. Um. Our house somewhere else would probably be, you know, if it's on the northeast side, it's double what we've paid for it. And we could never afford that. But, um, but you know what? Along with that big house on a corner lot with the double wide sidewalk mm-hmm. that goes ha- half a block down comes the headache of snow removal. Yeah. And uh,
0: well, I remember when we were, stuff. we were moving to Rockford for a little while, mm-hmm. and it'd be closer to our church down there we were looking at places and uh places we could afford were not in the greatest neighborhoods yeah. and i remember thinking you know did, you, did we really want to live around these people and then it occurred to us we are these people <laughs> <laughs> uh you know it, it, yeah. it's, it's not we had we had our nose stuck up in the air because mm-hmm. uh, we felt like we deserved more yeah. and, and the reality was no
1: yeah. <laughs> well and so that you know that just points to me the covetousness and pridefulness go hand yeah. in hand we we do think that we deserve better uh, for whatever reason I mean again I mean I know I rail on the prosperity gospel people all the time but they deserve it yes um, they do. the 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 whole I mean they're, they're just bought into the American Madison Avenue mentality that says I gotta have more and you know what God's gonna give me more because you know because I'm one of his you know yeah um,
0: well or even I, just the whole American dream well right is is maybe well and that that's
1: been that's been altered some I think at one time the, the American dream was freedom yeah to make self-determining decisions like where to live and how to govern uh, Group, it's it's become a lot worse than that. Probably around in the well, right after World War II, yeah. the American Dream became you know, two houses at the garage in the suburbs and picket
0: fence, yeah, you know, yeah. 2.5 kids, whatever,
1: yeah, yeah. So, so you know, things, things have changed all over the years, but th- this whole concept of coveting uh, just runs. Again, I just keep pointing to Jesus. Yeah. Jesus, first of all, gave up heaven voluntarily uh, and then became human. And the the closest place he had to a home would have been the home of Lazarus, Mary, and Martha in Bethany. At least there are several stories that take place there. And... And you know, our American way doesn't approve of that, though we foist it on a lot of people with the homeless population that we have. Mm. You know, a lot of people who are homeless are there not because they're lazy or whatever. It's conditions have happened that that they they are out and living without a permanent residence. And you know, and that runs right smack dab against the, uh, the American dream. But biblically, in some ways, they're more like Jesus than you and I, mm. um, having to move from place to place. And, you know, and, and yet I'm sure that they struggle with covetousness yeah. as well. I mean, it's part of the human condition. So, uh,
0: let's get back to I think, the heart of the issue. Colossians chapter 3 and verse 5. Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. Mm. So, in our country, you know, we don't have... I don't see a lot of people praying to statues.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, golden statues or wooden statues, something we've made. But... We do seem, we do seem to worship things, Same. material stuff that we want. We live for it. We work for it. We are mm-hmm. passionate for it. Even you know, in, in both these contexts, we, we've kind of hit on it already. But um, in this passage, sexual desire, and also in, in, in back in Exodus twenty, desiring your neighbor's wife, mm-hmm. um, all of that is idolatry. Yep, because it refuses to acknowledge what God has given me.
1: Right, and. It's interesting that, you know, our, some of our television shows talk about American Idol. And yeah. You know, we, we, we have a lot more worship of, of um, superstars, yeah. whether it's in um, the music industry or movie industry or sports industry, yep. um, you know, politics even. There are oh, some, of some of that going on there, and I'll talk about people who covet, I mean, I, why, I don't know, there's too many headaches that go with yeah, politics, yeah. but, um, you know, it's, it's like, I don't know, desiring something that you can't have, when what you really need, and really, really, deep down desire is right there for you already, yeah. anyway. I remember
0: a couple of years ago, I, I love to play the martyr. Mm. I love to feel sorry for myself. Mm. And I remember sitting at my house thinking, man, I got bills to pay. I've got, man, I got, I don't have a whole lot. There are a lot of people who have much more than me. And here I am in Christian ministry. And why shouldn't I have more? And then it just dawned on me. It was like a hundred degrees outside. I'm sitting in an air conditioned house. With a fridge full of food and a stomach to prove it, <laughs> yeah. um, and I'm complaining about all the things I don't have.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I've got quite a bit, and you know I'm surrounded by books everywhere. I've got a, you know, I had a TV and everything.
1: Yeah, what, gra- what? Gratefulness is the remedy, I think, to yeah. covetousness. You know, being grateful for what we have and thankful, f- and and then that thankfulness. Motivates us to do good works for others, which motivates them to praise God, which is taking our worship where it belongs. Covetousness takes us down the other path, where we're worshiping idols, uh, doing doing the opposite, and being grateful for what God has provided for us. Yeah, and that's what that's what prayer should be. I mean, so many times we're asking, we're supplicating. And often it's a selfish supplicating instead of praying for others in need and, and often it's a, it's our prayers are about health issues. Yeah. I'm not saying we don't do that, but isn't it more important that the spiritual health of people right, is right. is prayed for. But just being you know, thanking God for for what he's done and, and frankly just for another day of life. Yeah. You know, we it's all in his hands i mean we probably don't help it a lot sometimes with our habits but i think that um you know i was just writing this week about you know, i've i read i write a lot about habitual sin but i came up with the idea of habitual spiritual uh, disciplines yeah and that that's one thing about prayer you know, but in that praying again it's not about me it's it's about what God desires for me and about his kingdom come his will be done here and in heaven not my own you know because a lot of times you know, when it comes right down to it we are our own idol yeah um, because it's our desires that that make us covet and make yeah. us go places that God doesn't want us to go all right, well, we've got to
0: wrap things up here. Yeah, we got to go um, eat some breakfast. Yeah, we do. We, we like to do record these things early, but we're at the Rock County Christian School Annual Pancake Breakfast. Uh, I'd, sit, I'd ask you to come, but by the time this airs, it's long gone. Uh, danger to avoid, I think, uh, Kevin DeYoung uh, gives here four signs you might be coveting. Uh, you might be coveting if you are willing, number one, to hurt others to get what you want. Mm. Number two, you've a, uh, you're coveting if you have a preoccupation with getting more stuff number three if you're unwilling to give up what you have now and number four if you're complaining about what you have now those are signs you might be coveting Mm -hmm. and so I think the the application is simply you know there was the old hymn I used to sing when I was uh, back in the old days but count your many blessings end them one by one Mm -hmm. count your blessings and see what God has done Um, look around and see and you know it's really a dependence upon God and a trust Mm -hmm. in God I think and and being grateful as you said uh, is a remedy for some of these things.
1: There. And just, you know, I, I think that would be a good action step to take a month, take, you know, and come up with something different each day that you're thankful for, yeah. that, that God has given you, whether it's an individual uh, or a ministry that you're familiar with, or even just the, you know, the nourishing food or yeah. uh, a job or whatever. And, and you don't have to wait till November to do that. No. No. Oh, good grief. No, that's, that's Madison Avenue yeah. talk. <laughs> but, uh, yeah.
0: All right, so wrapping this whole series up, uh, I, I know I've learned quite a bit here, and it's, it's convicted my heart on some things. And I want to emphasize again, um, the Ten Commandments, we're, we're not talking about a, a works-based righteousness, that we're not telling you to do these things, and therefore you are a Christian. Do these things to earn God's favor. Mm. In fact, in all of these things, we are going to fail. You and I fail in covening all the time, I think. I think I mean, so. I, don't, yeah. I do. I don't. Um, I don't. But the one who has done this perfectly is Christ. Yeah. All of the Ten Commandments are fulfilled ultimately in Christ. Mm-hmm. He is our champion. He is the one who lived the perfect life that we could never do. Um, and, and thus, my righteousness is found in Christ, not in the Ten Commandments. But right. as a Christian who... who God is sanctifying from the inside out these are things that I'm working on right. these are certainly things I want to uh, see change in my life
1: and one of the, the best gifts that he has ever given us is this Holy Spirit living in right. us that helps us to live this way um, and when Jesus said he didn't come to abolish the law but to fulfill yeah. it this is what he means
0: right and, I, and, I, and you know the more the Spirit works in me I think the more I, I identify these things in my life, mm-hmm. I sometimes it can be discouraged because I don't feel more spiritual. I feel more sinful right. because I'm starting to see how all of these things are, are, are present. But again, I'm not going to sit and say, "Oh, well, well, I'm going to throw my hands up so I can't do it, so I'm not going to. Mm-hmm. Well, that's, that's an antinomian idea. We're going to avoid that at all costs. Right. But I'm going to move as the Spirit moves in me to uh, bring that work of, of sanctification. And, and I'm going to... Uh, identify these things in my life and I'm going to try to get rid of them knowing that that's ultimately won't happen until I am with Christ and I am made perfect without spot or wrinkle according to the book of Ephesians. I long for that day yeah. but until then I'm I'm thankful that God loves me enough to confront me about these yep. and that we can we can even see some progress. Mm-hmm. All right so uh, the books we've been recommending or I've been recommending that I've been using throughout this study Um Again, the main book I I, I can't recommend enough, The Ten Commandments by Kevin DeYoung, uh, a newer book, uh, a little book by J.I. Packer, Keeping the Ten Commandments, um, A.W. Pink's The Ten Commandments, How Jesus Transformed the Ten Commandments by Edmund Clowney, and then uh, Words from the Fire, Hearing the Voice of God in the Ten Commandments by Al Mohler was also especially helpful uh, if you're looking to dig a little deeper. Those are the books that I'd recommend. So, Ray, we're done. We are done. We've wrapped up the Ten
1: Commandments. Well, there you go. So now we're perfect. <laughs> no. <laughs> so where, where, where are we going next? You know, um, we're we're
0: gonna get into some controversial. We got a couple episodes, uh, you know, before our next series, a couple you know, one one off type things, and then uh, I believe the next series, if I'm not mistaken, we're gonna jump into. Are you ready for it? Don't throw things at me. We're gonna talk about the five points of Calvinism.
1: Oh yeah. Okay. And
0: uh, Ray, we're we're gonna have you come on after that and rebut everything I said, <laughs> yeah, okay. uh, but in a loving way.
1: In a loving way.
0: Um, but I think we'll, we'll we'll that that'll be our next big thing. We'll also uh, be talking about um, the ordinances, baptism and the Lord's Supper, mm-hmm. um, to kind of give you a preview of where we're going. And then we'll hit the, That'll take us pretty much to the summer. And uh, well, I, I know in the summer we're working with uh, our old friend. Uh, our old traveling companion, Gary Zimmerman, yeah? is going to be back. We're going to be talking about um, the Apostles' Creed.
1: Well, there you go. You don't want me for that one. So, <laughs> Though the Apostles' Creed I can handle, I can yeah. agree with, because it's just basically summarizing it's, yeah, it's, Scripture. It's basic. it's basic. You get theology. past that one, it's... Uh <laughs>
0: well, yeah, we're going to get into that one. Uh, but that, that's not so quite some time. That okay. gives us a little preview of the future. So... Uh, until then, check out the website at www.basicbiblepodcast.org. Check us out on Twitter at Basic Biblecast. Same thing on Instagram. So until next week, have a great rest of your week.